Attention women, women who want money, women who need money, women who just happen to love money and want to make more of it. Did you get a chance to listen to the podcast episode that I did back in August with Hannah Koenig? It was called Practical Strategies for Wealth Creation. I heard from a lot of you that you loved that episode. I did too. And I was super excited to learn during my interview with Hannah that she is doing a free summit, the Lead Well Summit. And in no way was I affiliated with this summit when I started talking about it and getting excited about it. And a few people from my Patreon community said they're going to do it. And I was like, yay, we can compare notes. I actually blocked out time on my calendar for this because it's free if you do it in real time. So I'm like, I'm just going to block out this entire week, October 17th to the 21st, to really apply myself and learn from all of these amazing women who are experts on money. And I didn't just block out that time because I wanted to take advantage of it being free when you attend it live. It was because I just wanted to take it seriously. I wanted to really apply myself because money is one of those areas of life that I'm referring to when I call myself a late bloomer. I did a video recently that I shared with my newsletter list. I will link to that newsletter in the show notes in which I was talking about being a late bloomer financially and the three books that really made a difference. I've read many, many, many books on wealth creation and I've learned a lot. But in that video, I was sharing the three books that I think might be great for you to check out if you're a late bloomer or you're just getting started and you don't know where to begin. Those are the books that really helped me. But I'm still learning as much as I can. So I'm taking that energy and applying it to this week, October 17th to the 21st. So I had mentioned that in a comment on an Instagram post that Hannah did promoting our episode. And she was like, oh my gosh, I should have made you an affiliate link. Do you want one? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) I do. I do because I'm already promoting the thing. So I went back and I added an affiliate link to that episode. And I am now officially, as of this moment, going to be promoting this thing all the way up until the 17th. Because now, if anybody decides to buy the recordings because they can't watch the whole thing free, I will get 60% of that if they use my link. I don't know if anybody will do that, but I was like, this is such a cool opportunity. I don't typically advertise. I would like to get into advertising on the podcast. I would like to get into doing affiliate work, but I'm picky. I don't want to recommend things to people that I myself am not excited about. So this was the easiest yes. There will be a link in the show notes if you want to join us or if you're just listening on the go. My link is leadwellsummit.com dot com slash j-o-d-e i don't know why i didn't get the vote i'm just joe de <laughs> j-o-d-e leadwellsummit.com slash j-o-d-e and then if you happen to buy the recordings if you don't do the free week like i'm gonna do if you want to just get the recordings to listen to on your own time when you have the time and at your own pace i will make 60 percent of that And I'm stoked because not only 
am I going to get to spend this week learning about money, but I might actually make a little extra money in the process. So that's awesome, and I am still going to be doing it live. I'm going to do the free week. I'm not trying to talk anybody out of that, especially if you're struggling financially and you really want to get out of that mess and start getting into some financial freedom. I hope that you will take this for free. Do it. Talk to me. I'm going to open up a dedicated channel on my Discord server so we can all follow along together. If you're not a patron and you're not on my Discord server yet, you can just email me at joannadevoe at gmail.com and then we can talk about it. I just think it's great to talk about it if a bunch of people end up doing something like this together. They do have a Facebook group that they are strongly recommending everyone join because that's going to be the community portion of the summit. And if you're on Facebook, you totally should do that. I'm just not on Facebook, and for no reason will I be joining Facebook, even temporarily. I'm not a fan. I left for a reason, so (laughs) I'm bummed to miss out on that community aspect, but maybe we can get a little bit going for us over on Discord and... We won't have access to the speakers of the summit, but we can compare notes and ideas and book recommendations and all that good stuff. The Lead Well Summit. Let me just read this copy to you to give you a sense of what it is. There is such a cool panel of women that are involved in this and some real diversity going on there. I'm really excited to hear what they all have to say. One woman in particular, this is so weird, of all of the pictures of the women and the little bios underneath that I was scrolling through, one woman caught my eye and her name was Barbara Hewson, I think is how you say her last name. And I was like, that's weird that I feel attracted to this woman, but whatever, I'm gonna Google her and see what's up with her. Her little byline under her name was the leading authority on women, wealth, and power. And I was like, wow, that's a bold claim. And I went to go look her up and I was like, oh my gosh. I learned so much from her and I mentioned that in the video I made with the three books that I would recommend to anyone on money. I mentioned hers as another book that was influential to me, but back in the day she was known as Barbara Stanny. So apparently she has changed her last name. You can read about why she did that on her website. It's a really cute story, an inspiring story, a love story. I loved reading it, but she wrote the book Prince Charming Isn't Coming, and that book saved my ass. It was such a wake-up call for me at a time when I really, really needed it. And this is definitely a woman who deserves to call herself the leading authority on women, wealth, and power. So I'm thrilled that she's going to be speaking during the Lead Well Summit. And that really just her and Hannah Koenig, knowing that they're involved in this, I can't wait to hear what the other women have to say. I know it's going to be awesome. And I think their mission is really cool. So this is what they say on the website. The second annual Lead Well Summit shares wisdom and expertise from some of today's most impactful financial educators and thought leaders. These experienced professionals know what it takes to defy the odds navigate systemic and generational challenges and use their financial power as a force for change. You can tell I'm (laughs) excited. (laughs) Together, we will close the wealth gap as individuals, as a community, and beyond. 
why am I excited about this? Just because I'm a nerd, I think I would always be excited about this, but I'm really excited about it in 2022 because I personally have been feeling the pinch of inflation like nobody's business. I can't believe it. Every time I'm at the grocery store, I'm like grumbling. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles. It costs a fortune to live here. And every time I turn around, I'm getting a new email about how something I'm subscribed to is raising their price. And oh, it's just coming at me from all sides. And so this to me feels personally needed. Like this is going to be a source of inspiration, I hope, and carry me through the rest of the year feeling really confident and not caught up in all of the doomsday news about where we are headed economically. I feel like it's not helpful to get caught up in that. And I know a lot of people are really struggling right now. And again, if you're a woman and you're interested in this subject, it's free. I think that's so cool. And it's such a good opportunity to end the year on a high note, like have this in early fall and then let it carry you through to the end of the year feeling confident. Hopefully, one of the women will really connect with you and inspire you and give you some hope for the future if you're struggling this year. So again, my link is leadwellsummit.com slash J-O-D-E. And I happily promote it to you without shame. I'm super stoked about this. The Lead Well Summit. Do they need me to make a theme song? Probably not. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 21 of the Joe DeVoe Show. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, but you can call me Joe, and I am here to uplift and support my fellow creatives, lovable weirdos, and makers of magic. And today I have another special guest to help me do that. Her name is Kelsey Abbott. She is a human design expert and a manifestation coach with an emphasis on, get this, manifesting, manifesting, <laughs> manifesting. That is so cute. Kelsey is a money coach with a playful approach to helping people with their mindset and following your bliss, being yourself, aligning with your joy so that you will be naturally guided to do work that you enjoy. When you love what you do, you're going to be better at it. The awesome thing about human design, which is her area of expertise, is it is a system that is meant to help you identify what it is that brings you joy and a greater sense of ease so that you can find your place in the world that way and do the work that you truly enjoy and that brings you abundance because it is coming from such a light and easeful place. It could be coming from a place of passion or intensity or even hard work if that's your thing, but it's having this sense that you're in the right place in the right time doing the work that you came here to this planet to do. 
I am a podcast listener, and when I get excited about a subject, I want to stay on that subject. So I am also in the show notes going to link to the interview that I did, was it last year? I cannot remember. It was sometime during the pandemic, which is just a blur to me. I will link to the interview that I did with Christy Inge, which is also on the subject of human design and if you haven't already done so you might also want to check out the last episode I posted here with Cindy Dale which is not about human design it's about chakras and kundalini energy and other fun related things but toward the end we talk about this system she created called chakra rupa which is basically a mashup of chakra work and feng shui in which she has you identify your dominant chakra and then design your space to support and celebrate that energy so in that way that episode does tie in nicely with the one you're listening to right now in human design each design has a chakra based authority center mine is the sacral chakra or as it's called in human design sacral authority yours may be something called splenic authority which would be authority from your solar plexus your authority could be in your throat or your third eye the ajna center and that is just one piece of what human design can pinpoint about how you operate. But it's really interesting when you start combining it with things like feng shui and whatever understanding you already have, the chakra system or astrology. The thing that's kept me skeptical about human design is the same thing that's kept me skeptical about astrology and other spiritual systems. It's this not wanting to be played, not wanting to feel like a sucker or like I'm indulging in a bunch of time-wasting, unrealistic hokum. (laughs) I have a lot of wounding around that, particularly when I was very young. I was made fun of for being gullible and felt embarrassed of myself. So I wanted to protect myself from that experience and still do somewhat, even still to this day, as a podcast host who has had all kinds of hokum on my show. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It's not hokum. I don't even know exactly what hokum means, but it is woo. And in the case of human design, I can't explain it, but it is also strangely compelling. I cannot deny the way that my chart resonates with who I know myself to be, so much so that it is a comfort and a kind of permission to lean more into that, into who I am without apology, and to trust that I am the way I am for a reason. So here's the thing, and this is what's allowed me to get excited about human design. When it comes to something that has not been scientifically validated, I simply ask myself, is this useful to me? And when I look up my human design, it is. It's useful. There's resonance there. There are tools there that have helped me live a more peaceful, more creative, more free, and abundant life. And so 
that might be that the concepts and strategies assigned to being a generator with sacral authority, a 3-6 profile, it just happens to line up for me, just like my astrological big three and my nodes and my midheaven and astrology, and maybe it's all just a coincidence. But that's okay too, because if it works, it works, and that's good enough for me. So have a listen. Have a listen. Maybe get your free chart. There will be a link to get your chart in the show notes. And if you're not yet ready to hire a human design reader to help you understand your chart, something that you can do is just pick out a little piece of it and Google it. There will be lots of videos and blog posts on what your authority is for sure and your profile. Those are two really good places to begin. And if you don't know what that is, Keep listening because Kelsey's going to explain it to you in four, three, two, one. Hi, Kelsey. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Joe. I'm so excited to be here. I have a three-part question for you to start things off that I think is going to say a lot about who you are and also just maybe be informative for curious people listening. So it goes like this. One, why? And two, how did you retire from social media in 2020? And three, how does that align with your human design since you are a human design expert? Oh, goodness. These are such good questions. Okay, I'm going to start from the back, meaning the last question. How does it align with my human design? I am built for deep focus, which means focusing on one thing at a time, which means social media was an energy leak. It was a distraction. It had to go. Also, I'm a four six and four sixes are here for we're here for our people. We are here. We are here to go deep. We don't do shallow well at all. In fact, we're super awkward when it comes to like surface level conversations, because when people want to talk about the weather, we're like, no, really, what does your soul want? And those are the way, those are the ways it really aligns with my human design. Mm. Also, I have an open crown and open hajna. And so other people's beliefs can get in there and swirl around. And so I'm reducing my exposure to that. I've gone on this, like, I don't know if diet is the right word. Like I want to say energetic diet where I will only consume stuff like podcast books, articles, food that makes me feel absolutely amazingly awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm only available for those things. If it doesn't make me feel absolutely amazingly awesome. Sorry, Kelsey out. This makes sense because you are the host of the Find Your Awesome podcast. It is true. It is true. And then that gets actually to the answer of how I did leave social media. I would not recommend doing it the way I did it at all. I'm also not built for strategy. So I basically just left. (laughs) I I was like, that's it. I'm going to take a two week break. And then I was like, oh, I have zero desire to go back. I'm not going back. And then I guess, no. I'm never going back. The more strategic way to do it would have been like, hey, I'm going to be living social media. So connect with me. Come get on my email list. Make sure you're listening to the podcast. All those things. No, I was just out. You want to know what's funny is I left YouTube a long time ago as a regular creator. I still use it sometimes for Patreon, but I completely left 
Facebook, maybe in 2020, maybe a little before, I can't remember, but I completely left. And then I stopped posting on Instagram as well for a few years. But when I left Facebook in particular, I was like, I'm leaving. Okay, I'm going now. Anytime now, I'm going to be leaving. I'm preparing you. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Okay, I'm out. And still, people are like, where did you go? <laughs> I was like, All right, maybe I should have just done what you did because it didn't seem to make a difference. And I think it's because social media is such a fire hose. People cannot digest all of that. Which it's makes so funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, people... Danielle, my glorious, wonderful, magical assistant made a graphic for me for my Instagram that says, hey, love, I'm not here. And in other words, I am no longer on Instagram. Don't come knocking here. I won't see it. If you DM me here, I will never get it. If you post, if you come, like I am completely out and actually when she made the graphic the first one was like this really small pretty lettering like hey love I'm not here then it gets a little bigger and a little bolder hey love I'm not here and it's a little bigger and I think she dropped the hey love and it was I'm not here so it's like I'm not here and then the last one was yo I'm not freaking here (laughs) And people still commented on it when we posted it. That's funny. Oh, so, okay. So how does that work running a business? It's amazing. So this is everyone's question. It is the best thing I've done for my business ever. Well, one of the best. I now am making real connections. See, the thing on social media for me is apparently I inspired a lot of people. And they were there for the inspiration, but not for, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. I inspired you. You know, we can actually do the work together and we can completely transform your life. And they were getting enough inspiration from me on social media that they, people weren't interested in investing in the, like the deep work. Totally. It's like free cookies. And they're like, yes, free cookies every day. And you're like, but also there's this whole meal in here that will cost you money, but it's delicious. And they're just like more free cookies. (laughs) Exactly. That's such a great way to describe it. Yes. And so when I stopped offering free cookies, I ended up these deep connections with my email list. I hear from podcast listeners now, and then people sign up to work with me. And it's magical and powerful. And, and my, the thing that happened for me with Instagram in particular is like, I felt like I had to bring my phone with me everywhere and, oh, I might need this for like filler content. What the, what? (laughs) No, I want to be present in my life. I want to just do my life and no one needs to see the things. Yeah. We should talk about your life because there's a funny connection there between you and I that I wanted to bring up. You're basically the antithesis of me. And (laughs) it's so funny to me that I'm like now having a triathlete on my podcast because I grew up in this triathletes as a, as a sport. It was invented a year after I was born and my dad became a triathlete when I was a kid. And just about every weekend, we had a bunch of men who had like shaved their whole bodies wandering around my house in Speedos with goggles on their head and, you know, letters, 
mark down their thighs <laughs> and women too, but not very many women. The women were really hardcore and I hated it. I was like such a book nerd fashion person. So I'd be like schlepped out to these triathlons, like sitting under a tree going through fashion magazines. And <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be fun because I literally have not had anybody like you on the podcast before. That is, first of all, so amazing that you were there at the beginning. The beginning. Yeah. My dad did the Iron Man. It was such a big deal. And yeah, it was a big deal. Also, fashion and triathlon have now merged in some some brands. Oh, so okay. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. I haven't paid attention in a long time, but when I saw the pictures of you, I was having like childhood flashbacks like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I remember this. I remember these people. Yeah, I think we're a little different now, but probably not that different. We, but the style really is much better. Is carb loading still a thing? Um, for me, I eat the same thing before a race that I would re- eat on a normal day because I'm training every day. So I just eat normally, mm. which I'm plant based, so it's kind of like I have a lot of carbs all day, every day. You're carb loading every day. Exactly. I love carbs. Mm. Bring on the carbs. So I guess I have stereotypes in my head. I don't think of a triathlete as a person who gets into something like human design, which in my mind, that person is very woo. And I don't put those two things together. So you're breaking the mold, at least in my own brain. (laughs) Yeah, people think triathlete and they think very type A, very regimented. Uh, Those words don't describe me at all. I I do race to win. I am competitive and I love going fast and I get a ton of intuitive hits, especially when I'm on the bike and I talk to my like spiritual guides all the time when I'm training and I'm not the only one out there who totally is like in all in the woo and all in the sport, but I don't think it's as rare as like the stereotypes would suggest. Mm. Maybe not now too, I would think. Maybe as things evolve and progress, the world start to blend a little bit. Yeah. And I think I actually just had somebody reach out to me. This was so cool. She was like, hey, I, I raced with you and just saw your name in the results. And then I looked you up on LinkedIn. Like who knew I had a profile on LinkedIn? That was amazing. And she's like, and now I want to know everything about what you do. Cause I'm also a new to triathlon and I'm going through this spiritual journey right now. And I'm all in for all of this stuff. Like there she is right there. Mm-hmm. It exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're proof of that. For people who don't know what human design is, maybe we should back up a little here specifically because you're like, I'm a two, four, and that might mean nothing to certain people yeah. listening right now. I'm a four, six. Four, six. But, excuse and, me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. So human design, it's this system that combines astrology, the Kabbalah tree of life, the I Ching and the chakra system. Now let's translate your little baby soul. Every single one of our little baby souls got called to Earth School. I got so excited because Earth School, wow, so much learning happens there. So before it got the call or after it got the call, it was like, okay, I'm going to choose all the gifts you're going to need to be the person you're supposed to be when you're in Earth School so you can change the world in your, the way you're supposed to change it. 
And then it sealed the deal on all those things by choosing your exact date, time, and place of birth. That was your soul blueprint, otherwise known as your human design chart. You came in to earth school the day you were born. You knew all of this. Day two, you start forgetting it all. And then along the way, all these very loving humans start telling you how to do life. And that is where we get the conditioning. So then later on in life, or if you're a super lucky kid, you learn it earlier, you learn or are reminded of everything that your soul picked out for you and how your soul chose this path that would enable you to experience so much ease flow, abundance, and joy in your life by doing it your way and being willing to be a weirdo. And you're believing that the I Ching astrology, Kabbalah astrology, they're pointing to these traits. Yeah. Collectively together. Yeah. So I'm wondering, well, first of all, please don't take this personally in any way. This is what I do. I love mm-hmm. to kind of unpack things. And I am a little bit of a skeptic, which is weird because I had a podcast called Hippie Witch for so many years. (laughs) And just about everyone I know is super woo, but I like always on the fence a little bit. So I'm wondering how literally you take that because I don't believe that our souls deliberately chose this life or the situations we were born into but I don't not believe it either, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, f- I feel the way about it that I do reincarnation and that it can be a useful theory or belief and that it has the potential to add meaning to one's life. But I do understand also that it's offensive to some people because they perceive it as being dismissive or victim blaming, like, well, your soul chose to be born in to this abusive family or war-torn country, whereas mine Mm. chose the burbs and this handy-dandy trust fund sucks for you. You know, it's like (laughs) that. So how do you... Yeah, so here's, here's my perspective. I don't care if you believe that your soul chose this for you. I actually don't really dive that, like, into the I Ching and Kabbalah and the chakra part, or even the astrological chart. I've had some amazing insights from astrology and I cannot retain any of them. Human design, I can like look at a chart and boom, I got all these insights. Astrology, Mm -hmm. it flows through me. But here's what I did. So I used to be a marine biologist. I have my master's in marine biology. So And so I take this scientific perspective to everything. Everything in life is an experiment. And when I came to understand my human design, I was so blown away by how much permission it gave me to do life the way that felt right to me. So for instance, I am non-specific and non-strategic. And I had had all these business coaches telling me throughout my business career, you need to be specific, Kelsey, what's your strategy here? And I was always like, I don't, what uh, I got nothing. And then to learn you're not here to be specific or strategic. I was like, I knew it. (laughs) That's just one tiny example. Okay. (laughs) So I found that it was massively helpful for me. 
then I was like, well, let's see if it is for other people. So I gave away about a hundred free mini human design readings. Wow. And every single person was just as blown away as I had been. And so my takeaway was, I don't care where this comes from. I don't care what it's based on. The thing is, it seems to be this tool that is really helpful for people. Mm -hmm. And for me, having been trained as a coach, it felt like the missing piece in my coaching business with my with my clients where I can now be like, hey, remember you're a five one. So you're meant to do it this way or whatever. And just to remind people that there's an easier way to do it, that their soul picked out for them. And then they can try doing it that way. And if it works for them, fabulous. If it doesn't, cool. Yeah. Do it then. Totally. So I feel like people can completely disregard the story if it bothers them that your soul chose this life. You can be like, well, maybe my soul didn't choose to be born in Bakersfield, but here I am. So this is how that feels. And this is what that means to my life, maybe. Exactly. Like maybe you'll get some mind blowing insight from your human design chart. Maybe it'll change your life. Maybe it won't. If it does change your life, use it. Yeah. Take advantage, like anything that's going to change your life, enjoy it. Use it. You're you're not cheating. You're allowed to use that. Yeah, I've heard only amazing things. I know my human design as well, and there are things about it that are like, wow, that's pretty spot on. <laughs> and funny too. It is validating in a way when you see yourself reflected back at you like, "Oh, that's gosh, yeah, that explains a lot." <laughs> what is your design? I am a generator with sacral authority mm-hmm. and I'm a profile three, six. That's the piece that really, really is just so spooky. Mm, when how can... so? Three sixes aren't very common. Okay. So the martyr, mm-hmm. it's a martyr role model dynamic. And the martyr is really about failing your way to the, yeah. top, to the top. like really That's what it just, feels like for you guys, but we don't see it that way. Yeah, it's just a lot of humiliating experimentation and learning from failure and then bringing what you learn from the pain of that, from the failure to other people. It actually develops wisdom, but it's just a very clunky path. You know, there's just lots and lots of failure in my wake. And to see that reflected back, you know, in my late 40s, when I got my first human design chart, well, a breakdown of it, I had gotten my chart before, but I had someone actually like break it down piece by piece and explain it. And I was like, that's really funny, but not (laughs) because it's actually been a painful path. Now I'm very open to experimentation and I talk about failing your way to the top. I've embraced it, but for a long time, I did experience it as being very humiliating. Yeah. So the fun thing about that three line in the front of your profile is you guys feel like you're failing your way along, like fumbling along. And the rest of us are looking at you with such awe, like, oh my God, she's so amazing. She keeps trying all these different things. And we learn so much through your experiences. Everyone loves a three line. Mm. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I don't know if I would choose, maybe my soul chose that for me. I don't know, but I do really value what I've learned from it for sure. 
And I love the empathy it brings for other people because mm -hmm. typically it can be like, well, I've been there, I've done it, you know, and mm -hmm. I might have a word of encouragement to offer because I've been through it. Yeah. And you were a double three for the first 30 ish years of your life. Mm -hmm. so that's a lot of learning through experimentation. Yeah. Yep. So can we explain a little bit what that means? Not me specifically, but the profile and those two numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So the profile is the thing that is an, one number slash another number. And it's the closest thing to your personality in human design. So you might be a generator and someone else is a manifester, but you're both three sixes and you're going to just click. So mm. we often click with people who have the same profile regardless of energy type. The first number is the one that is more how we see ourselves. The second number is how other people see us. And then if you've got a profile where the first number is smaller than the second number, then you have personal karma, meaning you are here to heal yourself. And by healing yourself, you will heal others. It will happen just the same way as I think this is so cool. If you have like a cast on your left leg and you work out your right leg, your left leg will get stronger. So same way you are here to heal yourself. And just by healing yourself, you heal other people. And maybe heal isn't the right word there. I think it like empower, transform yourself. And you do the same for others just by going through your own process. If the first number is bigger than the second number, like a six, two or a five, one, then you are here to help others heal. And by helping others heal and transform, you transform yourself. Oh, that's so interesting. I haven't heard that before. Yep. I've also never really contemplated that a generator could be a three, six and a manifester could be a three, six. And we should say that too. There are five different yeah. energy, energy types, reflectors, manifestors, generators, projectors, manifesting generators. Well done. Yes. <laughs> the five different energy types and your energy type describes how you dance with energy. Mm. It is like the tippy top of the human design iceberg. So it's a lot of people stop with just knowing their energy type. And like you said, generator, manifester, manifesting generator, projector, reflector. Reflectors are the rarest, like 2% of the population. Then manifestors are about 8%. Then projectors are like 20% and MGs are like 25% and generators are 30% more or less. Don't check my math or go ahead. It's not going to add up to a hundred, but it's all an estimate. So a brief description of each one. Reflectors are disco balls of magic. They belong in the center of the tribe. They reflect our own wisdom back to us. So if you want to feel really good about yourself, hang out with a reflector and you're going to be like, oh, they're so brilliant and so much fun. Yes. And so are you. Oh, so. that's so lovely. They're reflecting your brilliance back at you. They are. And because of that, every reflector looks completely different because it depends where they are and who they're around. Oh, yay. I need me a reflector. I'm going to start asking people what they are. <laughs> Do you know your yeah. human design? I'm looking for a reflector. You'll find one. Yeah. I'm going to find look, one. I'm going to start looking. Who here is a reflector? Who's listening right now? I want you to email me at joannadevoe at gmail.com. Let's be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get your chart for free at kelseyabbott.com. So you can find out if you're a reflector, if you don't know yet. 
Oh, yes, do that. Let's say very slowly your URL. <laughs> KelseyAbbott.com. That's okay. K-E-L-S-E-Y-A-B-B-O-T-T. Okay, com. perfect. So manifestors, manifestors are, their energy is big, really big. A manifestor cannot sneak into a space. Everyone will turn and be like, there's something over there. Manifestors are here to own their bigness, to own their power. They're here to start energetic movements. And some people will come with them and some people won't. And just to forget the people who aren't going to come and focus on going first. They need to be brave enough to go first. Mm. And manifestors need to remember, and so do manifesting generators, to inform. So before they do something, if there's somebody who's going to be energetically impacted, tell them. And this is as simple as like you live with someone, you're in the middle of a conversation. I know this sounds ridiculous, but you need to go to the bathroom. You tell the person, I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom because manifestors and MG sometimes are notorious for just leaving, just walking away. Hmm. I wonder if one of those ever just walked away from social media. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's totally how I did it. That totally. Energy- I'm a manifesting generator. And that is absolutely what I did. That and my six line from the four six. It's just, we can be a little aloof and just Kelsey out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oops. Should have told you guys. Oopsies. Okay. Hey. So what's the difference between a manifester and a manifesting generator? So manifesting generators are a hybrid of manifestors and generators. So well, let me talk about generators quickly. You, Joe, are yes. you're here to be super sparkly. The universe is your personal shopper. This is also true for manifesting generators. The universe is your personal shopper. It's going to constantly bring you things and be like, do you like, do you like, do you like? And it's like new tastes, new patterns, new colors, new songs, new people, new ideas, and your body will respond either like, holy hell, yes, that, or absolutely not. I do not want that. Or you just won't respond. And if it's, if, if you kind of get a no, like you're not excited about it, it's a no. And eh, and eh. Yeah. So with the things that come in that are holy hell, yeses, you, you go that way. If it's an idea, Go follow the idea. Keep following, keep following it until it no longer lights you up. Because when, as a generator, when you're doing what lights you up, your energy becomes so juicy, so sparkly, so magnetic, and so irresistible that people are desperate to get in your energy. They don't care about what you're doing. They don't care about what you're saying. They just want that. The same goes for MGs. Manifesting generators are here to play. We're here to bounce from thing to thing to thing to thing. We've got, we have to be multi-passionate, whereas other energy types can be multi-passionate. And we, MGs, we do not follow a straight line. We are here to go from like A to 61 to zebra to purple. And that is our normal path. Mm -hmm. And that's very you. When I think about all the different things that you've done, you've worked as a science writer, a marine biologist studying dolphins and killer whales, which is so cool. A personal trainer, a food blogger. You've done a lot of different things. I have, and it all makes sense now. Yeah, right? It did not at the time, but looking back, I'm like, oh, right. I, I like, I use all those things. And what's funny is, but is for some reason, I have no idea what's going on 
but my food blog has started sending me emails like once a month with like a recap and all the recipes. And I'm like, oh, I last wrote on that like 2012-ish. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a great idea. Let's make this. (laughs) Thanks, internet. And the projectors. Yes, projectors. projectors. Projectors are here to guide us. They are here to take existing systems and make them more effective and more efficient. And they have this penetrating energy where they see everything that's going on. But the thing is, projector wisdom is like a different flavor of wisdom, and we need to make space for it to land before we can receive it. So if a projector just tells us an insight, we we don't respond so well. We're like, mind your own business. If we invite that projector, hey, can you tell me more about this? Then we've created the space for it to land. The projector tells us and we're like, oh my goodness, you are so brilliant. I'm so grateful for you. And everyone lives happily ever after. So this is the type that has to wait to be asked. Yeah, their strategy is to wait for the invitation. And it's not always wait, it's create the invitation because they can say, hey, can I share something? Oh, I see. Person might say yes. It's just if the person says no, you honor that boundary and you go bite your lip, you go run it off, you go whatever you need to do, but you do not share your wisdom when somebody says no. That sounds like a life challenge. (laughs) I believe it is for projectors, but When they share their wisdom and it's not received, in other words, when they share their wisdom and they haven't been invited, they feel bitter and they, that doesn't feel good to them. Hmm. So they learn gradually. Oh, okay. Only to the people who have invited me. And if you are on social media, all the people who follow you have invited you. So go ahead and share your wisdom. Nice. How does this all apply to money. I'm a little bit mad at you because you coined a term that I would have loved to coin manifesting. When I saw that on your blog, I was like, oh, damn, I wish I thought of that. That is so much fun. My marketing team actually came up with that. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I absolutely love it as well. It's so good. Manifesting. That's so cute. So here's the thing. When we're living in alignment, there are so many pieces of human design that come into money. The top level is when we are living in alignment, money wants to come to us. Money is like waiting for us to get in alignment to come through the door. So when we are living in alignment with our human design, the money flows in. That makes it sound so much easier than it is. And it is that simple. So can we choose an example from one of the different energy types about Maybe two, two maybe so we can contrast the difference. Yeah. So projectors, when you start creating invitations and only guiding people, when you are invited, the money will come. And for projectors, when you focus on projectors are supposed to be a lighthouse and they need to see themselves in order to light up. And when they light up, then people come to them and invite them to share their wisdom. So when a projector does the work to see themselves, then they light up like a lighthouse and people come seek their wisdom, invite them, and the money flows. Mm -hmm. Also for projectors, when they guide people only like a couple hours a day and spend the rest of their time receiving information and honing their wisdom. 
So that might mean like meditating, reading, listening to podcasts, whatever feels good to them. But it's like honing your wisdom and then max two hours a day guiding people, which is a projector's quote unquote work. I'd be so interested to see a breakdown. I don't think it exists, but of each of the different categories, like who's the best manifester, despite the name manifester being one of them, I would guess it would be reflectors because when you reflect back to people, the best parts of themselves, I feel like wallets open. <laughs> They're like, I love this about me. How can I keep you around and get more? That's such a good point. And reflectors are totally, can be totally different people every day and every minute of every day because a reflector's chart changes as the planets move. Hmm. Well, you said, reflectors, disco, you said disco ball, so I can picture it, the disco ball spinning. Yes. Yeah, they're just like disco dancing their way through the human design system. And so like some days a reflector could be a manifestor. Some days they could be a generator. Rarely, but it can happen. They can be an MG and they can be a projector. So they get to try on all the different types. And all of us really have a little bit of all of the energy types in us. It's just for you, generator is your dominant energy type. For me, MG is my dominant energy type. Sometimes you hear a description of another energy type and you're like, oh, there's so much of that in me. Yes, there is. Like sometimes I'm like, of feeling my inner projector. Like, yeah, it is really energetically expensive for me to guide people. I wanted to spend the rest of the day honing my wisdom. Sometimes I'm like, I'm all in my reflector energy. I'm everything and nothing. I want to do everything and nothing. Are you very familiar with shadow work? The shadow? Yes. The sh I'm wondering about reflectors since you were saying they reflect people back at themselves. Is that also true of the shadows? Do they get hate for reflecting that back at people? Yeah. No one's ever asked that before. And I think it's a wonderful question. And yeah, absolutely. So I maybe one of the lessons in being a reflector is to not take anything personally. Maybe we all need that lesson, but especially for somebody who is showing people who they are. Well, the biggest thing for reflectors is really pay attention to how you feel in different environments. I've known reflectors who were super sick when they had a corporate job and then they quit and all of these weird symptoms just disappeared. Hmm. Yeah. So reflectors tend to get physically ill when their environment isn't supporting them. An environment is like the actual workplace and the people. So for a reflector and for all people, surround yourself with people who make you feel amazing. Mm -hmm. If you get hives around somebody, maybe don't hang out with them. I'm Seems thinking about you talking mm -hmm. about not being into strategy and then being a money coach. <laughs> yeah. So how do yes. you do that? How, what? What? How does yeah. that work? Yeah. The strategy behind my money coaching is get yourself in alignment. Everyone is totally different. Get yourself in alignment, have fun, play a lot more than you think is legal <laughs> and allow the money to come to you and release all the blocks to money. Like the stories of I'm not worthy or the attachment to quote unquote reality or the attachment to like that 
eh, like kind of clinginess over spending or or even receiving money is meant to flow. So we aren't owners of money. The money we receive isn't my money. It is, oh, cool. Money's coming to stay with me right now. One of the things I have my clients go through is to create a money palace. So when money is coming to hang out with you, what are its accommodations like? For me, it's epic. They've got, they being the dollar bills, they've got water slides and a zip line and then the comfiest hangout couches. And there's even a trampoline and... (laughs) Oh, there's Velcro Velcro wall jumping for when all of that gets boring. They just get to come and play all day, every day in my money palace. And I'm like, thank you so much for coming. Have a blast while you're here. And I hope you loved it enough that you'll come back someday when it's time for you to go, go. And thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to pay for whatever it is I'm going to pay to get this in exchange. Thank you. Hope you loved your stay. Come back soon. So that's using your imagination to create a mindset that keeps it playful. Yeah, absolutely. What would your money palace look like? I don't know if I think of it in that way. I think of it more as like a river, just like a flowing river that you can dip into, you can contribute to, you can send something floating down. If you want to create a dam to try to hold it, you're going to maybe cause some ecological problems. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I tend to think of it in that way. Definitely am with you on the flowing part for sure. Yeah. And a palace, I thank you for saying that too, because a palace doesn't have to be a rigid structure. I talk about how we are all here to play in the penthouse. And it's funny because I'm not a city person at all. So I'm like, my penthouse has the ocean and lakes and forests, so many trees. And it's actually maybe all outside. (laughs) And that is, yeah, that's my penthouse. It's a penthouse floating down the river. Yeah, exactly. Of life. (laughs) Yeah. So if people do, you have something called the money class. Is that what it's mainly focused on is mindset and, and learning to be playful or is there not a strategy? I don't want to (laughs) use the word strategy, but are you teaching them also like money management and things like that? Or is it more about your relationship with money? It's about your relationship with money. So we use human design to get yourself aligned with your strategy and authority at the very least, but also likely sharing your gifts, all the mindset tools, the nervous system tools. We use some feng shui in there, which in the first round of the money class, that surprised me that that came through. And I was like, all of a sudden I'm sharing all this feng shui information as well. What else we talk about? actually learning to really truly receive which is something that as humans we can be really crappy at mm-hmm. we're we're the types that you know someone gives you a compliment and you're like nah you you turn around and send a compliment right back to that person instead of taking the chance to receive the one that you've just got been given mm-hmm. so you um, practice you practice receiving yes we practice receiving because you know We inhale and exhale oxygen. We need to do that. We can't just exhale all day, every day. It doesn't work that way. Money is the same way. 
compliments are the same way. We need to take things in in order to give things out. I always tell people, you need to fill your cup. You get to have a full cup. You give from the overflow. You don't give so your cup dwindles down to half full. You keep your cup full. You do what you need to do every single day so you can be the best version of yourself with this full cup. And then this extra sparkle that overflows, that's what you give to everyone else. It's so appropriate that water keeps coming up because <laughs> because of flow and, and you being a triathlete and a marine biologist and mm -hmm. all of that. I'm going to ask a very weird question, but I feel like you can handle it. Okay. <laughs> Have you learned anything from dolphins and killer whales about maybe money, maybe flow, but just how to be a better functioning human. You are the first person to ever ask this question. I will say from dolphins, play, play. Really, we are here on this planet to have so much fun. Earth is such a extravaganza of experiences. Let's go experience it all and just play all day, every day, have so much fun. And that's what dolphins do. They're also always creating new ways to do things. Like they'll grab a sponge and shoot. Now I can't even remember. Some of them play with a sponge. <laughs> and I can't remember how they use it as a tool. But they, I love they do how, some really cool stuff. I love how they are welcoming to other species. Cats, dogs, people. Yeah. They, they very much are like, hey, you're interesting. Let's play. I don't know why you have two legs and you're not in the water, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't care. You look funny, but that's okay. And then orcas, maybe we shouldn't call them killer whales. It's so unfair, I feel like, calling them that. I, I've always, like when I studied them, I called them killer whales. They are fascinating. They're, they would be reflectors because they show us when a killer whale washes up on the beach, it is considered toxic waste because they are so filled with toxins because our environment is so filled with toxins. Hmm. So they are the reflector that shows us, mm, I'm swimming in this right now. Or buddies. Yeah. They're playful as well. And smart. Why are they killer? I don't know how they originally got that term. There are more than two, but there are two primary types of killer whales. There's residents and transients. And the residents eat salmon. And the transients, which we are less likely to see, they tend to live further offshore. They do feed on marine mammals. So I guess it's from watching transients hunt. Hmm. Interesting. I just don't know why we're we're targeting them and pulling them out of the pack. Are we we don't have killer cats, killer dogs? <laughs> we do have the killer word, bees. Killer we do have killer bees, you're correct. Yes. <laughs> but I've actually it's funny that you bring this up because I've had this I've been thinking about this lately. Someone said, Oh, so and so killed it. And I was like, why do we say that? It is funny. I'm kind of a word nerd. I guess I that's why too. I pull these things out because it's just interesting to me. I like yeah, to. I'm a word like nerd to, too. Yeah, it's fun to take it apart and be like, but why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but why? And you have so much going on. I mean, I could take that in any number of directions. How does your podcast 
function without social media? Does it rely on search engines picking it up? Is it really an audience of your newsletter subscribers? All right. So I'm going to tell you a secret that's not a secret at all. I started my podcast in 2017 and I promised myself I wasn't going to look at any of the numbers for the first year. And then a year came and I had a question and had an idea like, oh, I'll go look at the numbers. And I literally couldn't get in. Like I was blocked out from, I couldn't log in or something. And I haven't looked at the numbers. I have been creating the podcast weekly, sometimes twice a week for five years now. I have absolutely no idea how many people listen to it, how many downloads, where people come from until they reach out to me. Until someone like in passing will be like, oh my God, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, <gasps> so every time somebody says that, it's brand new to me. I'm like, oh my God, you actually listen? <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I would imagine people probably do a search for human design. You talk a lot about human design. Is it yeah. exclusively about human design? No, no. Human design is woven into almost every conversation you know, cause it peaks in like for a few seconds, even when we're talking about something else. Yeah. Cause I wasn't a human. I wasn't, I didn't even know human design existed when I started the podcast. I discovered human design. Thanks to a podcast guest. I think it was in 2018 when somebody said to me, she was a guest on the show and she said, have you heard of human design? And I cocked my head like a curious puppy and was like, you mean like anatomy? <laughs> and she was like, no, no, you need to know your birth time. And that's all she told me. And so I was like, that didn't clarify anything. But I did know my birth time. So I'm like Googling human design and found a place to get my chart. And I pulled up my chart and that didn't clarify anything either. Yeah, so no, like, you need someone to interpret it because you're just looking at this weird It's graph. like a tent person. Yes. Yes, it's a with random colors and numbers everywhere. Look it looks this. very important and maybe scientific, maybe scientific, but also it's easy to just be like, okay, this is ridiculous because it's so much. It is ridiculous. And I do feel like it's made to look confusing. It's like a barrier to entry. Mm. So I'm like, I got you. I will translate it for you. <laughs> yeah, so then I just kept getting these little breadcrumbs like little teeny tiny breadcrumbs of, oh, I'm a manifesting generator. That manifesting generators are warrior Buddhas. And I was like, oh, that resonates deeply. And so that was just like the next breadcrumb. And then there was another one. And then there was another one until I was all the way down the rabbit hole doing the experiment I told you about where like I learned everything about my chart and then experimented with everyone else's chart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know we're like getting up on time here, but I also just out of curiosity and for fun, I'm hoping we can explore manifestation, miss manifesting in terms yes, yes. of specific or non-specific passive or active manifestors. Apparently mm -hmm. you can look at your chart and find out what kind of manifestor you are. I find this very interesting. I am a specific manifester, which is cool because most manifestation stuff is made for people like me, but it then it, is. Leaves, it leaves exactly. everyone else out in the cold. <laughs> and are you active or passive? I don't know. I'm not sure how to find that out. Do you I have your chart in front of you? No, I do not. Okay. So you could do this later. 
when you look at your chart, there are four arrows up top. Mm-hmm. And so the specific versus non-specific is on the bottom right arrow. Okay. If it points to the left, you're specific. If it points to the right, you're non-specific. Then the active versus passive manifester arrow is the bottom left. If that mm-hmm. points to the left, you are active. If it points to the right, you're passive. Okay. I'm going to find and, that out. So and then an active manifester is someone who's like always thinking about it. Always. You're like, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this all day, every day. And maybe you do some experiences where like you... I don't know. You want this job. So you get in your car and you pretend you're going off to that job and you just like take yourself through that experience. That would be something an active manifester would do. Hmm. A passive manifester is like, I want this house and then gets on with their life. Oh, you hear so many great stories. I've had a stories like that where you put something on a list and you're feeling it in the moment, but then you forget about it. You find the list 10 years later and you're like, oh, everything on my list has come to pass. Yes. Yes. So that would be passive. That would be passive. And then when, yeah, specific is you have the ability to just get super, super, super clear on what you want. And my husband is specific. And when a few years ago, our refrigerator broke and he was not convinced it was broken. So he was, uh, we got a flyer in the mail from Lowe's that day. And I'm like, look, they're having a sale. Let's go check it out. So are you non-specific? I'm non-specific. Okay. Okay. And so he's like, okay, but I'm not paying more than X amount. Okay. We paid literally a dollar less than he had declared. That is the power of a specific manifester. I feel like that's the power of a specific and non-specific being married because you're the one maybe that manifested that flyer. (laughs) That is true. Because I say, hey, universe, please bring me abundance for being my my authentic self. My job literally is do my life. Don't get distracted. Just do. And, you know, I'm constantly experiencing things like we want to move, but don't know where we're going to move. And so I'm constantly like, okay, our new house is going to have this. And our new, like, it's like specifics come to me. I'm like, I want different countertops than we currently have. Cool. I don't know what I want for countertops. I don't care. Like does that doesn't light pick, me up. Does he get to pick that out then? Maybe mm. if it lights him up. I don't think it does but it might countertops <laughs> do countertops turn you on <laughs> i will say we had these amazing countertops we lived in maine for 10 years they were made of compressed paper it's called rich light i don't even know if that exists anymore but i loved those countertops didn't huh. realize i did until we had the ones we have now so, so somebody took that information and is <laughs> like going down a rabbit hole now enjoy <laughs> yeah this is all pretty fun, despite, you know, me leading with, I'm such a skeptic. I'm not, I want to believe. And I tend to explore and then it's useful. If it's useful, I'm like, cool. Yes, let's use it. Awesome. It works. I don't care why. Are you familiar with Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies? Like questioner, upholder, obliger? I know, kind of. I know who she is and I've probably heard her talk about it on a podcast, but I don't remember it at all. Okay. So it's just basically like, shoot, I'm not an expert on this, but, and I am a questioner and questioners are people who are like, okay, that's cool. You've got your theory. So I just need to try this on for myself. And if it works, then, oh, okay. I'm totally on board. 
An obliger is just like, I will do whatever I'm told. An upholder will, they really want to, like, if they're told there's a right way to do things, they will, they're, they're the good girls and boys. They do what they're told. They mm. do, they do it the way they're supposed me. to. That is not me. <laughs> and a rebel will do the the opposite of what everyone wants them to do. Mm. I'm probably the first and I like to think of myself as the rebel. Yeah, I when I first heard him, I was like, oh, I bet I'm a rebel. And then I'm like, no, because I will get on board after totally. I ask all the questions. Totally. Yeah, I feel like this would definitely help out with understanding each other politically. Yes. <laughs> like Everybody yes. get in the line and identify what you are. <laughs> so obligers you go over there (laughs) i know she's got she's got another thing too which is like if you're a starter or a finisher Mm. which is interesting because my husband's a finisher i'm a starter and we learned this before i knew human design and we literally have i have the gate of starting and he has the gate of finishing and those two gates connect to make a channel that creates like paving the way for new what an awesome team Mm-hmm. yeah we can actually do some things but yeah. I'm an instigator and he is very much not that's something we're learning in like home projects I'm like oh, so I need to call the people I get it started and then I can hand it over to you that's awesome yeah I know so many Aries that are starters and I'm always mm. like you need to find a finisher interesting yes yeah this was amazing okay so let's say your URL one more time for those who are on the go and not staring at their computer Yes, it's my name. It's KelseyAbbott.com. K-E-L-S-E-Y-A-B-B-O-T-T. Yes. Nailed it. Yeah, I feel like it helps to make it a little sing-songy. <laughs> <laughs> my dad once, when I was a kid, was calling a cab and had to repeat his the name or like repeat Abbott. And so it was like A-double-B-zero-double-T. Oh yeah, this is my whole childhood. Everything was a song. It helped. This is how we learned our phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so maybe we can leave people with a question I tend to ask at the end of every interview. And that is, what is one tip? It could be related to human design or not. One tip you have for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Mm. Go have fun. If something feels like drudgery, either make it fun like listen to amazing music dance while you're doing it or leave it find somebody else to do it or don't do it at all just have fun have a blast go play thank you so much kelsey you're welcome thank you all righty friends that's our interview for today if you are now chomping at the bit to get your own human design chart Again, there will be a link in the show notes to get a free chart through Kelsey. There will be links to Kelsey's website. There will be links to the episodes that I mentioned. And also leadwellsummit.com slash J-O-D-E. That's my link if you want to join us for the Lead Well Summit. I'm going to read you a little piece from their website again because I really, 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 really want you to join us for this if this is something that would be useful to you right now. If you're a woman and you need some help financially or you need some inspiration or this is just a subject that you love to learn about, the Leadwell Summit is October 17th through the 21st. If you cannot attend live, you can purchase the recordings of the presentation and then I will get 60% of that if you use my link. 
leadwellsummit.com slash J-O-D-E. So this is what it is about, according to the Lead Well Summit's copy on their website. Heal money, shame, and financial trauma. Hello, manage your finances and build wealth as an entrepreneur. Create and stick to a budget that works for you. Invest like a pro, whether you're just starting out or ready to step it up. Ask for more money, negotiate your salary and get the raise. Eliminate debt and fall in love with your finances. This is something that I personally am working on. Build generational wealth and teach your kids about money. Plan, oh, this is a good one. Plan for and leverage wealth generating opportunities during a recession. And finally, diversify your portfolio and increase your net worth. Did I sell you on it? (laughs) I have sold myself. So if you want to do that, again, it's leadwellsummit.com slash J-O-D-E. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until we meet again, always remember, life is change, change is magic, magic is life, and the journey is the creation. Much love to you. Peace.